Good morning, beautiful people. What a beautiful day this is today in White Rock, British Columbia. Hello, I am Jill Ingalls, and I'm a practitioner for the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. Thank you so very much for joining us today. Please join me, and if you wish, and take a collective breath in with me as we take this moment to just rest in this magnificence. And in this moment, I remember, I remember that there is one source, there's one energy that I call the living spirit that is here right now. And because it is everything that is, that must mean that each one of us here are made of the same magnificent qualities that the divine is. It is infinite, it is good, it is beauty. It is love, it is joy, it is harmony, it is peace. It is so much more. And so are each and every one that are here today and beyond these screens. So I welcome everyone. I welcome everyone to this beautiful community, this beautiful community of CSL White Rock, the spiritual committee, community where we're joined together walking together, learning together, sharing this experience of love, of joy, of good. So welcome, dear friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I give thanks for this wonderful experience of being with each one and learning and growing. So I release these words to one, to the law, that aspect of the law that makes it so, and I let it be, and so it is. Now it's that wonderful time where that wonderful musician of ours that we know so well, Nathan Aswell, is here to perform for us. It's always a pleasure to have Nathan sing for us. Nathan is a recording artist and speaker based in Vancouver, and he believes that his calling in this life is to encourage people to live big lives in one small step at a time. And he does this through his heart-centered music making, his engaging talks, and his warm listening. His CDs, Little by Little, and yes, are celebrations of life, transformation, evolution, and the oneness of humanity, delivered in a variety of popular music styles. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you so much, Dylan. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to start off this morning with a beautiful song by my friend, Becca Palm and uh, two friends of hers, Yvette Trujillo, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Barbara Novak. This is called Stepping Into the Flow. I'm stepping in, stepping into the flow, giving and receiving, Blessing that I know I'm a part of something bigger in of all I am so grateful I'm stepping stepping into the flow I'm stepping in stepping into the flow giving and receiving 
blessing that I know I'm a part of something bigger in all of all I am so grateful I'm stepping stepping into the flow so grateful I'm stepping stepping into the flow so to the flow. I love that, Nathan. Stepping into the flow. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you so very much. And I think you might be playing somewhere I overheard. Would you like to share that with us? Sure. I'm, um, I'm performing many times at uh, the P&E, the Pacific National Exhibition, and all of the information about where and when I will be there is on my website, uh, NathanAswell.com. Make sure you spell Nathan with an E, and I have a calendar which is always updated, so all the information about all those performances is there. And if I may, another five seconds to say, uh, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., I'm still doing my morning musings. I'm now starting year three of doing that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, 15 minutes um, uh, in which I share uh, something that inspired me, uh, a new piece of music, and then some shared silence. So I welcome you to join me on Facebook every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Beautiful. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much. And maybe you could share your information and chat with us. We'd appreciate that. That sounds great. As we begin our gathering today as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on their traditional, ancestral, hmm. and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our life regularly and consistently. We have four foundational beliefs. The first one, we, there is one, one, one. Everything is all based on this one, one thing, one source, one energy. And from this comes all life and all things. Seen, unseen, form, formless, all, everything. In other words, God, or whatever you want to call it, source, the creator, Spirit, the divine, the universe, all there is, is one. Number two, we are spirit having a human experience. We are spirit having a human experience. That looks after a lot of things, doesn't it? Number three, nothing outside us needs to change in order to be happy. Nothing outside of us needs to change in order to be happy. Everything you have, everything you need, you have right now. We are here to walk each other home is number four. What a beautiful, beautiful four beautiful tenets of our teaching. And our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving, vibrant world that works for all. 
So welcome, friends, and thank you for being with us today. Wow, thank you so much, Nathan. In the middle of the night, walking through the rain. What a perfect segue into my talk today. Uh, in case anybody doesn't know or you're new here, my name is Tamara Rossander, and I'm the spiritual director since, oh my goodness, March now. Can you believe it? Life is flying by. And uh, it feels like it's been forever since I've been with everyone here because I've been uh, I've been doing a little bit of traveling. I've uh, finished my last ministerial class with Jade. Uh, we went to Edmonton and had a fabulous time there and uh, took in the sights of Edmonton and, and spent our last time together, 10 of us as a cohort. And it was, uh, it was a really uh, touching experience too. It was only the third time in three years that we'd all been together. I, I, I don't, you can't see it, but I have God bumps all over me right now. Just even thinking about um, our time together and how we did that. And then I just was on a seven day motorcycle trip all around uh, BC or the lower, well, yeah, I guess BC. We went uh, through Osoyas up to Nelson, Caslow, New Denver, um, Ainsworth, Hot Springs. So it's perfect that I'm talking about water. I spent a lot of time in the water this trip and realized that I didn't really know a lot about our Canadian water systems and how much. And what I found, I did some research. And what I found is that we have, Canada has 20% of the planet's precious fresh water resources, 20% are one country. I thought that was really amazing to find out how much fresh water we actually have. And I, I got to experience it by swimming in it. I got to soak in those wonderful hot springs where it comes down and it just soothes all the muscles and going through. So I was thinking about water and how everything comes to us. And you know, our Earth is called the big blue planet because of all the large surface area that is covered by water. We have so many oceans, seas, lakes, and rivers, and they provide food, oxygen, uh, recreation, and the ability to travel from one uh, landmass to another. And it's even used for medicine. And while it's plentiful, most of our water is salt water, and it's not readily drinkable or can be used for or usable for agriculture. But the thing is that with us having that 20% um, amount of fresh water, I think as, as Canadians, it's important that we become those stewards of that water and think about how we're using our water. I also researched this. It said that um, most average Canadians, we use 88.5 gallons or for liter people, that's 325 liters of water per person per day. We are the second largest consumer of water in the world, comparative to the United States, which they average between 80 and 100 uh, gallons. And we're, so we're not far behind with 88. So it's you know, I think it's important that we know this and that we're aware because I, I find it kind of funny. I remember 
in grade seven, first time I ever had to do public speaking. And we had to have a, there was a contest. And I remember giving my first ever talk in grade seven, I was 12 years old on water conservation. And it's interesting that they're still telling us to do the same things now that they did. Uh, okay. I'll just say quite a few years ago. I won't say exactly how many, <laughs> but you know, to keep our water off when we are brushing our teeth, if we take two minutes less in the shower, how much of the water that we each can save. I, I had the number here for you. I'll have to look it up again. So it's being grateful for the water of life that sustains me. As I was looking up to water and spirituality. So what do water and spirituality uh, have to do together? So what water metaphysically means when I looked it up was wisdom, peace, and purity. Wisdom, peace, and purity. And I then found out that there are other cultures that use um, water as rituals. And if you think even of our um, indigenous people, they use water and their different rituals, that the water is the, one of the elements of life. The Hindus devote um, to take a holy dip in the ganja to purify their soul. The people in Islam, they have a daily ritual to cleanse the body in and out before prayers. And of course, Christians have the baptism where they dunk you in the water. So how do we link our spiritual life with water, which is so much? And then there's also the other, there's a book called Hidden Messages in Water. And it is a fabulous book. I don't know, has anybody heard of uh, Dr. Masura Emoto? So he's the one who did the study where he had a jar of water. He had two jars of water. And one jar of water, he had people give, say just positive things to the water. I know, talking to water, right? <laughs> They so they he had them talk to the water and leave the water there. And what happened is crystals started to uh, form. And oh, and then the crystals that they formed, and they were beautiful and just magnificent as the as the as the research went on. And then he had the other jar and only negative things were said to that jar of water. And if you look up the video, it's quite amazing. The, it, the crystals weren't beautiful in form. They were dark and ugly and, and just, it was not a nice scene. So if we think about water and our bodies, and our planet and everything around us. So what are we doing regarding that? Are we having those positive thoughts towards ourselves? Because if we're made up of 80% of water and we're saying negative things, 
then what is that doing to our own body? Um, so what Dr. Masudra said, said people, so how can people live happy, healthy lives? The answer is to purify the water that makes up 70% of your body. It's water in the river remains pure because it's moving. When water flow becomes trapped, it dies. Therefore, water must constantly be circulated. The water or maybe even the blood in our bodies of the sick is usually because there's a stagnation. There's something blocking it. So when blood stops flowing, the body can start to decay. And if the blood in your brain stops, it can be life-threatening. So what? why does blood become stagnant? Well, we can see that this condition as the stagnation of emotions. So when we stuff those emotions down, that's when we can block things in our body. So rather than allowing our emotions out and, and being vulnerable, maybe at some point and having that piece of, of, of letting go, of letting it flow, we can go from there. So it, rather than, so it's important that we leave and let our emotions flow through our body. And so when our emotions flow through our body, that's when we can feel our joy. That's when we can feel our excitement and we can move towards physical health, moving, changing and flowing. That is what life is all about. So, oh my goodness, you know, we, there was so much research and so many things to talk about with this. And one quote that I love that Ernest Holmes said, he said, there is an inner, so still working in the, in the spiritual realm of, of water. He said, there is an inner life into which we may plunge, an inner consciousness in which we may bathe as water purifies itself by flowing so our inner realization of the flow of capital L life through us purifies the stagnant pools of our fears and doubts. Travelers crossing the, the desert covered with dust and filled with weariness seek the refreshment of an oasis, the cool shade under a spreading palm. So we, with a mind weary with confusion and exhaustion, with too much effort, should seek a spiritual oasis, an inner communion with the invisible presence. The invisible presence that is within us. So this week with spirituality and, and water, thinking of, of water, because water, there's such an importance of it. It's, it is a symbol of life. And it represents divine, I love this, it represents divine generosity, divine generosity. And with that, it's, uh, it's letting the water, drinking the water, taking it in and setting an intent of when we drink that water and be aware of when we're using water and letting it flow and how important that water is to our life as well as to others. And just being grateful as we take that step, being grateful for the planet earth, being grateful for the miracle of our bodies and just work with that this week. 
and see where, what, how that shifts yourself. You know, every one of us can experience the wonder of water every day and, and being mindful to our daily activities and even, and appreciating the rain that nourishes the plants and cleans the air. You know, I, I really am learning to appreciate the rain more and thinking about using water. So I was away on my trip this week and I'm a, I forgot to set anybody up to water some of my plants. So I came home, my backyard, pretty much dead. Some of my hanging baskets dead. So it's just even within that week, you know, without that nourishment, our earth of getting that water, things die slowly will come back. I know I can see my hydrangeas are already perking up a little bit after this morning's uh, <laughs> watering, giving them a good soak. But it's important that we think about these things and how that we use it. There's there's a term called biophilia. And what that refers to is we're talking about nature and monitoring our earth and monitoring our gardens. But it refers to the hypothesis that we humans have an instinctive bond with nature and the living organisms with which we share our planet and they're ingrained in our genes. And it says because we spent most of our evolutionary history, three million years and 100,000 plus generations in nature before we started forming communities or building cities, we have an inherent love of natural settings. Alan Watts said, you didn't come into this world, you came of it. Like a wave from the ocean, you are not a stranger here. You are not a stranger here. I, I love that. And it's um, believed that what we consider beautiful is a result for our innate drive for survival as a species. So I want to do a little test right now, if everybody's willing to play with me for a minute. I want you just to take a moment, take a breath and close your eyes. Now I want you to picture the most beautiful landscape that you can. Or if you have that sacred space where you go in meditation, you know, sometimes when you're in a guided meditation, they walk you down a path to a whatever kind of scene it is, just capture that for a moment. So with that scene, did it have any during, um, I'm gonna, I'll just tell you a little bit of the science behind it. During a 2010 TED talk, Dennis Dutton described what people considered a beautiful landscape. The essential elements that he studied that he, when he talked to everybody afterwards. So listen and see if any of these elements were in yours. He said the essential elements were universal. They were open spaces covered with low grass, inter, um, interspersed with trees and a water element. And now what was really interesting is all these elements represent everything needed for human survival. So when we go into, did you have any trees? Did you have water? Maybe grass? Maybe it was the ocean even. <clears throat> and he says that these all those elements represent everything needed for human survival. Grasses and trees for food, 
the ability and to, you know, to see approaching danger because we can climb trees and see what's coming or even climbing trees to escape from predators and the presence of a source of water. I thought that was really a fascinating thing because I know my place is it's always by a creek. I'm sitting in a bench. There's lovely grass. I'm in the shade of a tree. I definitely had all of those elements in my what I consider to be the most beautiful landscape. So our ancient ancestors came out of the water, they say, swimming, you know, and even still when our, our babies are born, they're, they're in the womb and they're immersed in water. Uh, we spend the first nine months of our life fully immersed in that environment. And then as I found this was interesting, when we were born, our bodies are approximately, I think I said, might've said the wrong amount earlier, 78% water. But as we age, you know what happens? I was shocked that that number drops below 60%. But the brain is made of 80% water. It's a mineral composition and the water in our cells is comparable to that that is found in the sea. So I thought that was a rather interesting uh, thought pattern on that. So as water is essential for health and necessary for all sorts of things, um, body functions, including temper, temperature regulation and cellular function, clean, pure water is also vital to our survival and the survival of the life of our planet. So again, doing some more because most of the numbers that I received um, on this talk in regards to were US based. But I found out that here, even in Canada, we still have 27 Indigenous communities that do not have clean drinking water. So, but since 2005, we have been better at it. We have, there were, uh, there has been 135 communities that we have cleaned up the water and they now have clean drinking water. And even including here in White Rock, our Semiamu band, it wasn't until 2021 that they had their restricted um, water. Oh, what is it? I'm using losing the word there. But it, it was clean, potable water that they can now drink from. So there's still 27 communities out there that still need our help with it. But it's good to see that the Canadian government is putting money where their mouth is. They've created a act that is working towards getting all our Indigenous people clean drinking water. So that is always great news. So um, yeah, 2021 for Semiamu. Isn't that crazy here in White Rock? It just boggles my mind, but I'm glad to see that we've, we're, we're working there and there's no places in um, British Columbia or Alberta that I saw, but there's a map on the Canada website. If you go um, on the government website, that's indigenous services and it talks about cleaning up the water and it shows a map. Most of them are in, uh, there's a few in Manitoba a few in Saskatchewan, but mostly in Ontario and Quebec. And the East Coast is all 
they're very good with their water over there. So that's good. So with that water being essential and cleaning of the water and getting it to work for us, what can we do? And we talked a little bit at the beginning about, um, you know, taking a shower last two minutes, turning off our water. And I, I saw somebody put, I use a flow stopper valve on their shower so I can turn it off without losing the temperature when I'm soaping my hair. That's a brilliant. And she, they said that you can get it at a hardware store and it connects easily. And oh, boil water advisory. Yeah, there's some boil. I think even in Kelowna, Jade said there's a boil water advisory in Kelowna there too, on, um, in a lot of Kelowna. So, and there's also, there are many challenges to its survivor. Nature is affected by human greed and the global water industry leg legally bottles water near sources, then sells it to people down the river who once had free access. Those source rivers, lakes, and streams eventually either run low or dry, and the consumers do not pay for their water, but deal with plastic packaging waste instead. As animal watering holds around the planet go dry, animals either migrate or die. So it's a, the consciousness of separation that allows many to live in lack so that a few can enjoy the benefits. So why not let, let's make a, a pact here today. Let's make a pact to rekindle our relationship with water. Let's make sure that we're having those positive thoughts and saying that. Another thing Ernest Holmes says, and that I that I love the ties into that book, The Hidden Messages of Water. If you haven't read it, it's it's really worth picking up. Um, but Ernest Holmes says from the book Love and Law, we must have a mental equivalent. There must be something inside of us which equals the thing that we want to do. And he says, water will reach its own level by its own weight. Water will reach its own level by its own weight. And I found too, I thought I was fortunate enough. I went to Europe before COVID 2017. And I stood in one of the rivers. I can't remember what town it was. It was a small town outside of Nimes. And I was in the river and I looked up at this structure and it was a Roman aqueduct structure. And it was the most beautiful thing I've, I've seen, but it was amazing. So it takes the water from whatever level it's at and it will go up over, they put a pipe from the stream and it will go up over mountains, through towns, and it will always flow as long as it doesn't ever go above the source of the original water source. So they figured that out back in 1 AD, I think it was. It's, to me, it was just amazing to see the engineering and the feat that they did of how to get water to, to people. <clears throat> I like a, the metaphor of you know, and two, it's looking at water in a different way, because don't forget when we, you know, think of, ah, think of when you have your best thought, that moment you're having a shower and that idea just goes, bing, or you're in the shower and you do a prayer and you're like, oh, that's the best prayer I've ever done. 
And again, it's that water, that spiritual sense of us grounding us. So it's amazing what water can can do. And then also when we're looking at a pond or a lake, the reflection of the beauty around us. I mean, I, I don't know how many pictures anybody else takes, but I take a lot of scenery pictures. But it's amazing how the water mirrors everything. And like water, which can clearly mirror the sky and the trees only so long as its surface is undisturbed. The mind can only reflect the true image of the self when it is tranquil and wholly relaxed. That was by Indra Divya, yoga pioneer. So we can only see clearly when it's undisturbed, that true image of self when we are tranquil and wholly relaxed. So again, going back to saying those positive things, being in that place of, of knowing that what Jade talked about in her meditation today, going back to the truth, going back to the truth of who we are and not, you know, not getting caught in that whirlwind when Tiknat Han was a boy, one day he looked into a large water-filled clay jar and saw a beautiful leaf of many colors, and it rested at the bottom of the water, but it was out of the reach of his arm, so he found a stick and he tried to get it, but no matter how hard he swirled the water, he could not make the leaf rise to the, leaf rise to the surface. So giving up, he walked away, but when he returned a few moments later, the leaf was laying upon the surface of the water and he picked it up. So the water had continued to swirl while he was away, bringing that leaf to the surface. And that is how our unconscious mind works. When we have a problem to solve and struggling with our conscious mind becomes futile at a certain point, we must be able to stir the water and step away. And then that answer will come to us. I, I love that story. I thought it was really an interesting story about how does that unconsciousness and our conscious mind work? And it even goes back to with Ernest Holmes saying, what is our mental equivalent that we want to have to our body, to our health, whatever it is that we, that we want to have move forward. Okay. So I think, oh gosh, I'm over time already. <laughs> does that happen some days? My goodness. Okay. So for most of us, it's hard to fathom the idea of waking up before sunrise every morning and walking for hours to find a water source. Yet every day around the world, there are people who just do that. Standing in line across a muddy hole in the ground that is shared with other human neighbors and their livestock. After they filled their bottles, they carry 40 pounds of dirty water on their back all the way home to serve their families. These people constantly suffer from stomach pain, and diarrhea and lose their children to water-related diseases in unprecedented rates. So that is a reality for 748 million people globally. So while the other, uh, you know, so the World Health Organization is working towards helping clearing, get clean water to these people. And we're, we never have to worry about you know, we're part of that other 90%. We're born in places where we never had to worry about finding water or question whether the water quality might affect our health. So when we're drinking that water and when we're taking that, remember 
to be grateful for the earth, be grateful for the water, those mountains, that rain, the snow that melts and comes down and keeps our water moving and refreshed. That the other piece that I found of that 20% of the, of the clean water, fresh water that we have here in Canada, only 7% is considered renewable. 7% of that 20% of the world's of the world's resources is only is renewable. I thought that was kind of a fascinating thing too. So today, this is what I'll end with. I invite you to change your relationship with water today. Be conscious of how you're using water. Investigate how water uh, resources are used in our community. Think of ways that we can save on usage and help bring awareness to wasteful practices such as grass lawns in desert areas, and offer sustainable alternatives like desert landscaping. And make sure, again, that we're giving thanks for this precious resource and treat it with care. So I'll take that now into prayer. So this is what I know. I know that there is one life, one love, one presence that is operating in, through, and as each person here today and whoever is listening online, that we are one with that one, that truth of who we are, that in our genes, we are connected to nature. We are water. So we are the, the good shepherds, the good stewards of this land. As we say, as Jill mentioned in the beginning, that we are walking each other home, and yet we are here to tread softly on this earth. So I know today that each of us are, is doing our utmost best to be that watchful steward of our planet. That we always take a moment in gratitude for the water that we intake. We take gratitude for the water that is in our body and that we are so fortunate to be in Canada with the resources that we have. So today I know this truth that we are all connected. We're connected with the water. We are connected with each other. There's no separation. It is all one thing. So with great gratitude and joy in my heart, I offer this thanks, this blessing for this day, for this unfoldment of our planet. And I release these words, the law of mind, knowing right action is already happening. I release it. I let it go. And so it is. So which brings us into this beautiful place of gratitude. The law of circulation is in constant movement, giving and receiving. The more good that is given, the more good is received as proof. This is how the law works. The abundant prosperity of life naturally expands. Life is better. For this, I am deeply grateful. If you wish, please join me, and I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath. 
water is a beautiful example of how it constantly supplies us without even us even asking. And the more good that is given, the more good is received. And uh, I be grateful. Be grateful for this. When I think from gratitude, I recognize all of the good that is available to me. With an open, loving heart, I give thanks for all the gifts that life continuously, continuously provides. And so it is. Please join me in showing your gratitude. This is the place where I know I'm spiritually fed. So please show your gratitude by making a donation to CSL White Rock. Should you join, wish to join and give regularly, you can join our committed giving program. All this information you need to get started can be found in the chat. What a lovely experience to be in this community, this beautiful community of joy.